Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 139 today. Psalm 139, I want to welcome those of you here in the room as well as those of you that are watching online. I want to thank Pastor Jordan for the good word that he brought last week. And uh, our family had the opportunity, Ron and I had the opportunity to travel to Springfield, Missouri. I think we told you a couple weeks ago about our son, Clayton, who had moved there and is starting a new job there. And uh, so we got to go with him. And uh, I brought a new voice back with me. Did you notice that? Um, Having some kind of issues with my voice. I'm going to go see a specialist this week, but would value your prayers and uh, are going to try to wrap up this series today. And We'll at least do this uh, service. We may do the others by video today. So if you're watching the other services, thanks for your patience and understanding. Um, I usually like to be in the atrium after services and greet people. But if I'm not out there, you won't be offended. Is that okay? I'm going to um, protect the, uh, the tool a little bit here today. If you have your Bible, Psalm 139, wrapping up today a series of messages that we've been calling Building for Blessing. And uh, as we've been looking at this series, we've had one kind of overarching principle that we've looked at, that God will often do the structural before he does the supernatural in our lives. That oftentimes before he does the supernatural, before he does those kind of fun things, he does something fundamental. Sometimes before the blessing comes, we have to go through a different season. Sometimes it maybe is even a little boring that God will do these things. And we've looked at the different ways that God will do this in our lives. Sometimes, and let's walk through the things we talked about. Sometimes he does it by change. Sometimes when he changes things, when we walk through a season of change, he's actually building something structural in us. Sometimes it happens in seasons of conflict, and that conflict is actually a tool that God uses to build something in our lives. Sometimes it's character. It's the development of our own character. Sometimes it's clarity, that we need clarity from God to see and understand what his word says and how we're supposed to live. Two weeks ago, we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, And how critical it is that we allow the Holy Spirit to be at work and to move in our lives. And today we're going to get to the last one. It's kind of timely that this was where we landed to talk about. And then I had the week that I had because this last one we're going to talk about is construction. (laughs) That oftentimes the way that God builds for blessing in our lives is that we have to go through some kind of a season, a process of construction in our lives. How many of you enjoy all the hassles of construction? <laughs> Some people do, yeah. <laughs> it's not normal, right? The, uh, I've got to tell you, the number of times as we were taking that 12-hour drive to Springfield and the 12-hour drive back, the number of times that you have to drop down from 70, never over. Can I get an amen? <laughs> 70 down to 50 because you hit that construction zone. And does anybody else's heart go, oh, I'm going to lose a full 30 seconds, right? I mean, you have that. You have that just, oh, because you have to go through those different seasons. You slow down. It narrows. You have to wait. Sometimes there's detours. Sometimes there's these things. Your GPS is telling you you got to be in one spot, but actually you can't because that lane's closed, and you're trying to figure all these things out, dealing with the unknown. But construction is so important because without it, not just new construction, but the maintenance that has to happen, Without it, roads deteriorate. 
Without it, bridges collapse. Without it, you don't get new growth. At some point, you have to be willing to walk through these seasons of construction where the infrastructure grows and develops and builds and moves forward in your life. And here's the reality. I think that's not just true on the highways. It's not just true in construction projects. It's true in our lives. It's important to examine our spiritual infrastructure in order to support the blessings of God in our lives. It's important that we examine our spiritual infrastructure, what's going on in our lives, the construction that God might need to do in your heart, so that as a result, we can then support the blessings of God in our lives. We're gonna look at Psalm 139. We're gonna look at David, who was Israel's shepherd, the great King David, who one of the things that you see him do repeatedly, over and over again in the scriptures, is you watch and you see him do this self-examination. We're gonna look at a few different passages where he does that, and as we do, I want you to see how he walks through this process of examining what God needs to do and build in his life. Let's start with Psalm 139, verse one, and let's take a look at this. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. This psalm is a psalm of searching. We'll go through the rest of it here in just a few moments, but it's all about the search. This psalm has a lot of familiar passages in it. The, the part where he says, where can I go from your presence? Have you heard the part where he says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made? Anybody? That's in this psalm. And then at the very end, when he brings it down to a close, he says this, Psalm 139, verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This psalm gives us some insight into how we can examine the infrastructure in our own lives. Like if you're gonna search your heart, see what it is that God needs to maybe do some construction in your life, then this is critically important. I'm gonna ask that just for these next few moments, you be willing to, to tune in and listen to that whisper that can get so drowned out by the hum of the world around us. Because we can just be moving down the road, we can just be moving down the highway, and we can get used to the drone of life. Have you ever noticed that different um, pavements seem to pick up a different tone? We were driving and we were going through Indianapolis and there's a stretch in Indianapolis where just the road noise, kind of that noise, and during that time, I would have to ask Rhonda to speak louder because to hear her, it had to come in louder because of the drone that was around. For these next few moments, I'm gonna ask you to tune out the drone of life and be willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit might speak to you about what construction might need to be done in your heart. And we're gonna look at four questions out of these last two verses, four questions for examining your infrastructure, my infrastructure, for saying, God, what construction might need to be done in my life? If I'm gonna build for blessing, if I'm gonna be in a place that's gonna allow you to do something unique and special in my life, Lord, what kind of things do I need to be tuned into so that I can hear your spirit's voice? Go back to the text, Psalm 139, verse 23. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Here's question number one, what is in my heart? I have to ask myself the question, what is in my heart? It's funny because as you go through this passage of scripture, 
David walks through and he talks about how great God is. And he talks about how he searches us. And then he talks about how we cannot find ourselves away from him. And then he talks about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we'll look at all these things here in just a moment. And then he has this passage in verse 19, which is really interesting as you're going through the psalm. He says, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Can I get an amen to that? Man, away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. He's fired up here. Watch what he says. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? Can I get an amen? I mean, I like that. I have nothing but hatred. Whoa, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them among my enemies. Take that, punks, right? Very next verse. He says, Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. He doesn't just point the finger at other people and not realize that there's fingers pointing back at himself. He doesn't just say, they're the bad guys. He says, God, in the midst of this mess, search my heart. It's so easy when we look at the evil that's all around us, when we hear the drone of the noise of the road of life, to just point our fingers at everybody else. We have a culture that has monetized blaming everybody else, do we not? <laughs> and in the midst of that, David says, I'm not afraid to call out evil when I see it, but search my heart, God. Start with my heart. It's important that we take time to look at the situation that's our own heart and take ownership for some of those things. If you were a part of Calvary back when we were over on Glendale, you remember that wonderful parking lot. Anybody remember that parking lot? Concrete that was deteriorating in all these different spots. And there were times when you would have to leave because of the state of the parking lot that you'd have to dodge like Grand Canyons. Anybody remember that? Or is it just me? Okay, just me. And in the process of that, I can remember what happened in the process of going from being Calvary's children's pastor to stepping into this lead pastor role. For six years, I'd driven into that parking lot every day. And I'd dodge things. I knew it wasn't in the best of shape. I knew there were construction issues there. We knew all of that, but I didn't think about it much. And then there was this transition season where Pastor Clay handed the baton to me to step into that lead pastor role. And I remember pulling the parking lot one day and looking around and going, well, Doug Clay, you let this parking lot fall apart. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, it wasn't the parking lot. All of a sudden, it was, anybody? <laughs> it was my parking lot. And I saw all those places. And I needed to be willing to take some ownership and go, this is something that needs to be dealt with. This is something that I need to look at. This is now my concern. And I want to challenge you. Would you be willing to look at your heart to own it? Things that are there that maybe God needs to do some construction on. Why the heart? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 tells us this. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Sometimes we just got to get down to that point where we search and see what's really going on in my life. Mentioned we helped our, our son and daughter-in-law move into a new home this last week, and there's some spots in the house and need a little bit of fixing up, and, and so we were uh, going to put in some new kitchen counters, and so that means you have to take out the old ones, and we got to the one that the sink had been in, 
Clayton and his buddy had pulled the sink out and they'd undone all the plumbing and that kind of stuff. But you still had this counter with the, with the pipes coming up out of the floor that are attached right in there. You don't just yank that cabinet out of there. Can I get an amen? You got to know what's going on. Couldn't really tell from the state of things. How did those pipes get to that point? Like, did they run underneath? Did they just come straight up out of the floor? Were they, were, was it Bluetooth that they were wireless? We didn't know, right? <laughs> By the way, your plumbing's never wireless, for the record. <laughs> so what do we do? Well, I knew it was coming out, but I didn't want to just take a sledgehammer to it. So what we had to do is we had to get that, that, the plate off the front there and cut a hole in there and then get down with a flashlight and kind of search down there to see exactly how that plumbing was so that when we went to tear that thing out, we didn't make a bigger issue than we needed to. Sometimes you've just got to search and see what the state of things are. So what if you were to allow God to do that to your heart? What if you were to allow God to really search your heart? Psalm 139, verse 1, David says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know. So let me ask you some questions. If God searched your heart, if God searched my heart, what would he find? What's he looking for? Well, David tells us in the next few verses, in verse 2 of Psalm 139, he says, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Like, God knows your thoughts. So if he searched your heart, what would God find in my attitudes? Like, what would he find in the way that I think, the way that things affect me, when things don't go my way, when I don't get what I want, when I face disappointment, or when there's challenges that come? on the good days and the tough days, if God searched my heart, what would he find in my attitudes? What is it that has a tendency to maybe throw you completely off or cause you to respond in a way that might be inappropriate? Which kind of takes us to the next verse, verse three. David says, you discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. If God searched my heart, what would God find in my actions? Like the way that I treat other people, the way that I respond then to those circumstances that affect my attitude. How, what would he find if he saw the way that I dealt with the people around me and the things that came my way, the choices that I made with my time, with my resources? What would God find if he searched my actions? And then verse four, he says this, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. If God searched my heart, what would God find in my words? Like, what, what would come out by the way that I speak? The way that I speak in public, the way that I speak in private, the way that I speak around those that I want to impress, the way that I talk to those that I'm supposed to love. Like, with my words, would he find them to be words of life? Or would he find them to be words that actually drain the life out of other people? And then he says this in verse 5. He says, you, God... Hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. If God searched my heart, what would God find in my thoughts about him? Because David will say this then. We won't take time to read the whole thing, but he'll talk at length in this psalm about who God is and how he thinks about God. Do you think about God? And when you do, what kind of thoughts do you have? Do you have thoughts of worship? Do you have thoughts of frustration? Do you have, you have thoughts of fear? Do you have thoughts of love? Here's what David said, verse 17 of 139. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. 
That's a good thought, isn't it? That when I sleep and I wake up, he's still there. He never leaves us. But are those the kind of thoughts that you have about God? Which takes us to the next thing that he says in in verse 13 of Psalm 139. You know this passage. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He goes on to say in this passage, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Not only does he search our hearts about our thoughts about God, but what if God searched your heart? What would God find in my thoughts about me and how I think about myself? Do I think about myself as fearfully and wonderfully made? Or do I let the culture tell me how I think about myself? Or do I let other people and the words they've said and their actions tell me how I think about myself? Do I live my life realizing that God formed me in my mother's womb? This is why we see the, the value in being pro-life. This is why we, we push back against truths that, that people bring out there about abortion and saying things. Because we believe that from conception, life begins. It's valued by God. And that's not just that life, that's your life. Your life has value. Your life has, has meaning. What would God find in my thoughts about me? Why, why do these last two things matter? Because so many times when I interact with people and they say, hey, pastor, can we talk about something? And I sit down and I have a conversation. So many times when people are struggling with something, the root of their struggle goes back to the way they think either about God or they think about themselves. And when we have wrong thinking about God or we have wrong thinking about ourselves, it affects every other aspect of our lives. That's why this psalm is so beautiful in what it says to us. If God were to search your heart, what would he find? It matters. It matters what he sees there. And it matters that we respond when he starts to show us those things. In the early 2000s, uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport in, in Paris one of the largest airports in the world, went through a major expansion. They needed to pick up more traffic uh, capacity. So they did this major expansion that actually gave them the, the capability to handle 10 million more passengers a year. And they said, because they, they said, look, we're, we're France. We're not going to have just regular construction. We want something special. So they built these, these long corridors that were tubes. And they wanted it so that these tubes would not have to have any center support running through them. So they used this really kind of fancy engineering and all this kind of stuff that was really great as long as conditions were right, as long as it could maintain its shape. But what they missed was that if it could not maintain its shape, it would not be structurally sound. And on a day when there were great fluctuations in wind and the temperature, it caused this this structure to lose its integrity. And in one of these openings where people would walk through these different portions they had this flaw in the design that no one had searched for, that no one had seen. And on this day, in less than an hour, they noticed the beginnings of a, of a crisis, and less than an hour later, that failed, the roof collapsed, multiple people lost their lives because there was this issue that no one had searched for. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just trying to be honest. There's a reason why David says, search my heart, God. Because Maybe my heart needs some construction. 
Maybe there's something, God, that you need to do here in my heart. And if God speaks to you about that, it's a good place to say, God, what is it that you want to do? First question that we ask to, to check our infrastructure is what's in my heart. Here's the second one, number two, question number two. What's on my mind? Like, what is it that's on my mind? Here's what David says if we go back to Psalm 139, verse 23. He says to us in, in verse 23 of Psalm 139, he says, search my heart, O God. And he also goes on to say that he wants you to test me and know my anxious thoughts. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I've known this passage of scripture for years, but I never really thought about why do he say anxious thoughts? Why do he say those things? Because search my heart kind of takes this internal look at God, am I, am I ticking right? But anxious thoughts talk about what, what are the things that I carry? What's on my mind? David uses this same word for anxious a couple of times in scripture, and he talks here about test, probe, examine. And it's important for us to do this, to examine our anxious thoughts, because those are often the things we stuff down and don't pay attention to. Isn't that true? Like the things that make us nervous, we just let them make us nervous. The things that cause us to have dread or anxiety, oftentimes we just ignore those things and they build up. And David says, God, help me to help me. Would you probe those things? Would you examine them? Because as long as I let them have that sway over me, it's gonna hinder my effectiveness to build for blessing. It's a part of that construction process. So here's another passage of scripture where he uses this same idea, what's on my mind, talking about anxious thoughts. It's Psalm 94, and in verse 17 he says, unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me. Your consolation brought me joy. So this passage, again, David's talking about that anxiety, those anxious thoughts that come to us. And maybe today's the day when you need to say, God, would you, would you examine that part of my life? Would you probe there a little bit? Would you test my anxious thoughts? Based on what he says here in these three verses in Psalm 94, let me ask you a couple of questions. Where do you need help? Like, where is it in your life that it would just be wise for you to say, God, I need your help. God, I need you to step in. He says in that passage of scripture that if God had not helped, I would have dwelt in the silence of death. And every Bible version hones in on that idea of silence, where you feel alone, where you feel far away. And where is the place that you feel alone and far away? And today's a day when you need to say, God, I just need your help. For so many of us, we're, we're, we're coming out, thankfully, of a really wild year. For so many of you, it's really good to see your faces. Yeah, I can say, I can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this crowd, I can say that. Right? But what that also has meant, that you've had all kinds of things left up in the air. Some of you had plans that didn't work the way you planned. Some of you have things that are still, you're wondering, how's this gonna work out? You're not sure how the next steps are gonna be for you in your life, or what do you do next? I was talking with a, a young couple just yesterday, and they just said, I just feel like so many things are up in the air. In those moments, are you willing to say, God, I don't have control on this. I need your help. Lord, will you test those anxious thoughts in me? Would you bring your help? Here, here's the second question that comes out of those three verses. Where do you need support? Not just help, but you need God to help carry something that you've been holding on to. 
It's something that you have been weighed down by. It's something that you have allowed to get the best of you to the point that you feel like your foot might be slipping, David says. And it's a point where you need to say, God, will you give me your support? What are you holding on to that now's a good time for you to say, God, I put this in your hands. I entrust this to you. And then the third thing that he asks us is this, where do you need joy? Like, where is it in your life that you've let certain things hold you back or keep you from experiencing joy that God might have for you? Something that he wants to bring to you. And you're willing to say in this moment, just like David did in that passage, when my anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Let let me tell you this about the construction process, even in our own lives. It's not fun. When you're in the middle of it, like I don't enjoy those moments when I've been cruising through life and all of a sudden they say, hey, the lanes are gonna narrow and the speed limit's gonna slow down and you get stuck behind somebody who thinks you have to drive 10 miles per hour under the speed limit. Do you know that person? Don't look at the person next to you if that's them. The Lord will forgive them. Right, and you get to those moments. Well, guess what? The same thing happens in life when you're going through construction. Sometimes you go through these seasons where you wonder, am I ever gonna come out of this? Sometimes you go through seasons where you say, this is uncomfortable. Sometimes you go through seasons where you say, I don't wanna be here. In those seasons, do not allow them to steal your joy. Do not miss that even during that time, God is building something, he's working something, he's doing something in your life if you'll trust him and you'll allow him to, even in that time and in those moments, cast your cares on him. Don't try to carry those things by yourself. Say, God, I'm gonna give this season to you. Psalm 55, verse 22, here's what David says to us. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. That's a good word, isn't it? Some of us need to write that on a post-it note and stick it on our mirror. We need to put it somewhere where we can come back to that passage. Peter says something similar in 1 Peter chapter 5. He tells us this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is key that if I'm gonna cast my anxiety on him, I also need to humble myself in the process and say, God, I give myself to you. Look, I'm just gonna tell you this because I know this is true in my life and I know this is true in some of yours, that there are some anxious thoughts that you have allowed to come into your life and it might be time for you to say, God, test me on this, probe me on this and help me to deal with this. You might have to get aggressive with this a little bit. Did you see the story that happened last weekend about the lady in California? She let her dogs out. She lives out out in the woods. She let her dogs out. She had a wall around the back of her house. And when she looked up, there was a bear up on the wall of her house swinging at her dogs. Anybody see this? This was crazy. The bear starts swinging at her dogs. She had like a big dog, a couple little dogs. And this lady decides, and I'm not suggesting this, if you have a bear show up at your house in Northwest Ohio, right? But she just goes running full speed at this bear. And she just pushes this thing, shoves it right off the wall. Like, it was crazy. She just went right at it, shoved this thing off the walls. I'm hoping the Steelers draft her. It was amazing. (laughs) It was awesome. And the bear goes tumbling off the wall. She shoes her dogs back in. She scoops the little dog up, goes running back in the house. And I was like, I don't know what team it is, but I want that lady on my team. It was awesome. 
And I thought, how many cares do I let just go back and forth on my wall and take swings at the things in my life? And I just stay locked up and afraid of those things. And when God highlights some of those things, maybe it's time for me to run out of that and just knock that thing off the wall. And see, I'm not going to let that thing get the best of me when I have a God who says, cast my cares. When I have a God who knows me intimately. Now look, what I'm not minimizing is that oftentimes we have things that aren't as easy as just pushing them off a wall. Grief is a process that takes time. And many of us have had things happen in our lives, by us, to us, that maybe we even need to talk to a professional, maybe we need to go through some kind of season of healing, but the deal is at some point you gotta be willing to say, God, probe this, test this, help me to move past this. Search my heart and then test me my anxious thoughts, which takes us into the third thing that we see him say. Psalm 139, verse 23, he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. So what is in my heart? What is on my mind? And then the third question, what is in my way? (laughs) Like, what's keeping me? He says, Lord, see if there's an offensive way in me. See if there's something in me that needs to be moved out of the way. God, that you need to deal with and do in some way. This kind of searching is not unusual for David. You see him do it in Psalm 51. You see him do it in multiple other Psalms. And then another Psalm that we're very familiar with, he does this in Psalm 19. Look at what he says in Psalm 19, verse 12. He says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transition." May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's go back for a moment to verse 12, if we can, and just flip back one more slide where he says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Isn't that an interesting thing for him to say? He says, God, look, there are things in my life that other people can't see. He doesn't just call them sins. He calls them hidden faults. There are these things that I keep coming back to. Sometimes I I can't even discern my own errors. But there are things, Lord, that are offensive to you and they're blocking your blessing in my life. If that's the case, Lord, help me to find those things and to get them out of the way so that I can build for blessing. Sometimes there's just habits we picked up. Sometimes there's things that have passed down through generation. Sometimes they're cultural things that are so common in our culture that we forget that they're offensive to God. Does that make sense? And we need to maybe step back and say, God, are there things in my life that might be hidden to others or maybe even to me that I need you to remove the blinders and open my eyes so that I can see those things so they're not keeping me from your blessing in my life? Here's the reality. What is hidden can still hurt you. True? And even though you don't see it or know it, if you don't find it out, it can mess up your plans. I can remember being a kid, we were going on a vacation in North Carolina, and we had just bought a big old Buick, and it was this new car to us. We were so excited, we all hopped in the Buick and got down to about West Virginia and found a hidden fault that we did not know was there. I think all of us had to be forgiven of some things after that. 
Because when you think you're on vacation and you end up spending time at the dealership, it's not quite the same. But there was something that was there under the surface that we didn't know, should have, could have, but didn't. And it derailed all our plans. That's an important prayer. God, forgive my hidden faults. Help me to see those things. Help me to discern my own errors. And then watch what he says. Go back to verse 12 again in uh, Psalm 19. He says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. So the reality, he knows that for all of us, there are these things that we'll choose to do. Like there's sins that for whatever reason we think aren't big deals or we think we've been forgiven before or they're just a part of our, our response in the tension of the moments. Maybe they're things that come out because of our heart or our anxious thoughts. And we need to say, God, would you keep me from those willful sins that they won't rule over me? Because there are things in our lives that if we're not careful, they'll start to control us. What you choose not to control will eventually control you. And this is important to think about. If there are things in your life that you don't allow God to search and show you those things, if I don't allow him to shine a spotlight on those things, what I choose not to control will eventually control me. This is a fun sermon, isn't it? Why does it matter? It matters because we're building for blessing. It matters because if we don't do these things, then there are things in our lives that will eventually collapse. There will be blessing we will not be able to receive. I've watched it happen in my life. I've watched it happen in other people's lives. If we're not careful, a slow deterioration of the things that we ignore eventually causes us to be in a place that we would not want to be. Yeah, you ever been down a road, especially as you get to spring and summer after the freeze and thaw and there's all those potholes and you're driving and you're going, somebody should do something about this. And you realize that if they don't do it this year, it's gonna be worse next year. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's why searching is important. And finding those things and saying, God, this is a pothole in my life. If there's construction that you need to do, and search me, God. Let's go back to verse Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. What's in my heart? What's on my mind? What's in the way? And the fourth thing, and lead me in the way everlasting. We ask the question, God, what way should I go? <laughs> Where is that blessing? Because if I'll allow him to do that other work in my life, there's a blessing that he can bring. And maybe you're at a point right now where you're saying, God, what way, what way should I go? What choices should I make? What decisions should come in to my life? Here's what Proverbs tells us. Proverbs chapter four, verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And if you're in a season right now where you're not sure how to navigate these things in your work or in your parenting or in your family, Maybe you're not quite sure how to take those next steps. And you've said through this whole series, God, I want to build for blessing. God, do the structural in my life so that I can support the supernatural you want to bring. If that's the case, then this is a great prayer. Maybe even to start your day with and say, God, would you let my path be like the morning sun? Would you show me brighter and brighter how you're leading, how you're directing, what you're doing?
that you're open to the light of day shining in on your life and letting God see how he wants to build that blessing in your life, if you'll trust him, if you'll let him, if you'll put those things in your hand. The reason this series has been so important is because I want you to build for blessing. I want you to have and receive all these things that God wants to do and work out in your life. But the reality is we can so quickly just kind of put our lives on autopilot and fail to realize what God wants to do, how he wants to work this out, that his desire is to do something structural in our lives so then he can pour out the supernatural. So just to go back to this kind of construction travel idea, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Recently, there was a, a guy who was driving about... 82 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone, kind of just north of the Illinois line into Kenosha County, Wisconsin. And the police kind of noticed this. And so as the officer was pulling up alongside of the guy, he looked over and the guy is asleep because he's got his Tesla on kind of semi-autopilot mode. And so the guy's sleeping as his car's going 82 miles an hour north on I-94. So the officer realizes this because for two miles he had followed him. And the guy never acknowledged, never motioned. So eventually he pulls kind of back up and eventually the guy, and can you imagine this? The guy kind of wakes up and looks over. Oh, hey, (laughs) can you imagine that thought, that moment? And then he pulls the car over. Because this guy was just hurtling down the interstate, completely unaware of what was going on. Because he, he thought, I'm good because I'm an autopilot. Look, can I tell you, you can't drive your life in autopilot and expect that you're building for blessing and think that God's gonna be able to do what he wants to do. So here's what I wanna leave you with today. Just one simple prayer. Holy Spirit, what construction needs done in my life? That you'd be humble enough, that you'd be open enough, that you'd tune out the drone of the road noise of life just long enough to be willing to say, Holy Spirit, this week, what construction needs done in my life? Is it in my relationship with my spouse? God, is it in my relationship with you? Is it the words that I speak to my family? Is it the, the, the witness I have on my job or in school? Is it the way I've allowed the circumstances of the last few months to affect my heart Is it the way that I need to interact with others? Is there a relationship I need to repair? Is there something, God, that needs rebuild in my life? Is there a sin that needs repented of? Whatever it might be, are you willing in this next moment to say, Holy Spirit, what construction needs done in my life? I was so irritated because we were making really good time and we were getting to Indianapolis we hit this spot where it was like all these weird detour signs and the GPS said going straight and the thing was saying to stop and eventually it took us to this point on I-70 right now that just if you've been down through that way lately it's just done the road just stops you have to get off and you have to go through this little stretch of right kind of downtown I guess Indianapolis and it's funny you got to get off and you got to make this little detour and then you got to go back up around and you kind of what you do is you just kind of get off at one exit and then you kind of cruise through town and go back up at the next one you don't lose a whole lot of time but you feel like you do and then you realize they're working on an overpass there that if they don't do this it's just a matter of time till that overpass doesn't pass over anything <laughs> and it's going to fall apart and that's going to be destructive and it's going to mess the whole thing up 
And in the end, I thought to myself as I went through there, you know, that was kind of a little inconvenience. It added a little bit of time to my journey. Someday I'm going to be really glad they did that. Because when they're done, it's going to be so much better. When, when they're done, it's going to be so much safer. It's going to be safer for everybody around. It's going to be safer for me the next time I drive over that. I, I resent the construction until I realize what it's building in my life. And there are some things that might be painful. They might take you off course a little bit. It might be a season that you don't want to go through. But maybe you need to say to God, Holy Spirit, what construction needs done in my life? So that as a result, you can do something special inside of me. We're going to sing a song in just a moment that's going to allow us to kind of turn our hearts both to a point of of repentance as well as commitment. And as we do, would you let the Holy Spirit drown out the road noise and speak to your heart about what construction might need done? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for David's prayer that just so beautifully reminds us that you love us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you have for each one of our lives a great purpose and a great meaning, that God, that there are things that you want to do in our lives. So with David, we pray, God, would you search me and know my heart? Would you test me and know my anxious thoughts? Father, would you see if there is any offensive way in me? And then would you point me in the way that I should go, a way towards your blessing? Holy Spirit, is there construction that you need to do in our lives? In this quiet moment, would you speak to our hearts so that we can hear what you have to say? that we'd have a moment to let your spirit whisper to us about those things that may need addressed, some construction that may need to happen. And then with all of our hearts to confess that it's you we need, Jesus. Nothing else will do. That our hearts would be focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, Lord. And I'm not here for blessings. In Jesus, you don't owe.